Good morning, everybody. Everyone doing all right? Hang in there. Barely making. Any survivors from the Nerf gun? Yeah, all right. You guys are making it. John, is it okay if I stand here and share? All right, thank you. All right, so it's this Valentine's Day. We have a text that comes from John 21. So if you turn with me there, John 21, verses 15 through 17. The Gospel of John 21, verses 15 through 17. John 21, 15, 16, and 17. Let me read it for us. When they, the disciples, had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Let's pray together. Lord God, use me as your oracle, as your mouthpiece, and as I'm going to share these messages, may it be the word of yours in our hearts, carved with the heart of stone, not written by the ink or anything, but written by the Spirit of God. May these words be magnified, bear much fruit, and Lord, set the fire, kindle in our hearts of faith, hope, and love. And may we be the beloved loving each other. Thank you, Lord. We pray all these in your son's holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. So let me ask you a question to everybody. Has any of you ever written a resume? Yep, maybe asking the other way is better. Has any of you never written a resume? That's a better way to put it, right? So you might have written a number of or maybe plethora of resumes thus, thus far in your life to get a part-time job at Mickey D or apply for a college at Heritage or for a camp counselor, ministry position, and the list goes on. In order to get almost every and any position, you have to write this thing called resume, right? And in your resume, guys, you might have listed various things about yourself, like your education, your uh, skill level, and your experience and qualifications, right? So sitting down, Chapel, right now, we are people of different age, different gender, position, and skills. We have most of you are college students in their late teens and maybe early 20s. Some seminary students in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and goes on, and staff and faculty in whatever your age in. Maybe you have some local church pastors joining in person or online. So until this point, we have all written different resumes filled with different stories and different skills. But think about this, that we all share one qualification as Christians. 
regardless of your job, your age, whatever, as ministers of the gospel. Do you, do you know what it is, this one qualification? Just think about it. Well, now we're going to listen from the chief interviewer with capital I, who commissions us for the ministry of himself. And now he's going to talk about this common qualification. And that is from our text today, John 21, verses 15 through 17. So here Jesus asked questions three times. What was the question? Simon, son of John, do you love me? So right now, what do you guys think about this qualification for all Christians, all gospel ministers? You guys know it. What is it? Come on. It is love. Yeah, I know you're inside these shouting right now. So after listening to our conversation from John 21, uh, Peter and Jesus, now we have this qualification of love that out of which Jesus commissions everybody. Well, that's not the end of the sermon yet. Actually, we're going to set our clocks a little before and we're going to visit the event or scene, the story of the Thursday night, Jesus and the Lord's Supper. So let's say that we just changed the clock a little bit, and we're now on Thursday night with Jesus and his 12 disciples. Do you see them right there? Somewhere here. Okay, thank you. They're having a conversation, and Jesus is talking about him going to prepare a place for them. Now, Thomas, you all know the doubting Thomas, asked the Lord, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Where are you going to? What is the way? And Jesus answers in John 14, 6, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So as we all know as good Bible college students, seminary students, staff and faculty here, that Jesus is the only way through whom we can come before the Lord. He is himself the eternal truth, and he himself is a source of eternal life, right? And Jesus proved this by giving his own life, taking the cross on our behalf, and died and rose again. So here's the first triad of today's message. By the way, you're going to have three triads as you have the charts in front of you. We're going to have it over there, but that's a little too small letters, so I just print out for all of us. So the first triad is the threefold life-giving truth of Jesus Christ. The threefold life-giving truth of Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And at this point, you might ask, okay, I know that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, but what does that all have to do with our qualification of love that we're going to fill our resume? Well, hold on. We're going to visit two different scenes or stories, time and place, and come to see why love is the most important qualification for all Christians, all ministers of the good news. Again, let me set our clock a little back, no, actually a little ahead, a few hours ahead. So now we are standing or sitting down in the high priest's courtyard, and Peter's standing somewhere here. And as you have read or heard many times, 
Peter denies Jesus three times, right? And all four Gospels talk about this event, but we're going to focus on Matthew, Mark, Luke, because John is a little less vibrant, I think, in terms of language and description. And here is the second triad of today, the threefold betrayal of Peter. The threefold betrayal of Peter. So if you refer to, look at the chart there, then each passage has the setting. So the first, the first denial of Peter, now Peter is sitting outside in the courtyard and now accused by this servant girl saying, you also were with Jesus the Galilean. And Peter is saying, he denied it before them all. No, 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 no. And saying, I do not know what you mean. If you go to Mark 14, same, but below in the courtyard, now Peter is warming himself. Now when Jesus's life is, say, at danger, that he's going to be crucified soon, now Peter is warming himself, seeking his life and security. And again, the same servant girl of the high priest say, you also war with Nazarene Jesus. Peter's saying, I neither know nor understand what you mean. In Luke, near the fire, servant girl, this man was with him, with Jesus. And Peter's saying, woman, I do not know him. So here's the first betrayal. Think about in light of John 14, 6, Jesus saying, I'm the way, the truth, the life. Now Jesus is denying, not only I don't know Jesus, but he's denying the way. So the way is being denied. Now, a few minutes, maybe a few hours later, I don't know, but another servant girl says, Matthew 26, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And Peter denies it with an oath, a little stronger. I do not know the man with an oath. In Mark, servant girl to bystanders, this man is one of them. Again, he denied it. Luke, you also are one of them. Man, I am not. The third time, the second time here, Jesus' life, way, truth, life is all betrayed, but now the truth is being distorted. That Peter is saying that as if their relationship, his relationship with Jesus is nothing, right? All three years of all those times, ups and downs, goods and bads. Now Peter's saying, I don't know that guy. Our relationship? No, 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 I'm not one of them. He is just someone stranger. I'm just here for warming myself. So the truth, the relationship filled or filled with truth is being distorted. Now the third denial, third betrayal here, Matthew says, the bystanders accusing Peter, certainly you too are one of them for your accent betrays you. Interesting, eh? The accent betrays you. And Peter, even stronger, now begin to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know the man. Mark 14, same language, certainly you are one of them for you are a Galilean, your accent. And Peter began to invoke a curse on himself to swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. No relationship whatsoever. Luke 22, certainly this man is also to Galilean. And Peter say, I do not know what you're talking about. Guys, as you see from this chart, 
I want you to see the crescendo of Peter's denial betrayal. He first denied the way, I do not know what you mean. Distorting the truth, I am not one of them. And now the way, the life of Jesus being discarded by Peter having a curse on himself and swearing, I do not know that man, period. Do you see the crescendo there? It gets stronger in how Peter betrays Jesus. And you know what? In John 14 of the, the upper room and the Peter's three denials in the high priest courtyard, and even John 21 of Jesus' disciples eating together breakfast in the seashore of Tiberias, and all those threefold giving a life-giving truth, betrayal, and the restoration, that is today's passage, the key is love. So think about two different love. First, Peter's love was a version of self-love. I want to save myself. I want to secure my life. So out of his love for himself, Peter denied the way, distorted the truth, and discarded the life. Why? Because he thought and believed that that is the way how he can save himself by denying his way, truth, and life, Jesus Christ. But what was the result of Peter's self-love? You see down here in the results section. And all three gospels, actually all four gospels saying, Peter, remember the saying of Jesus as he heard the rooster crows, and he went out and wept bitterly. And interestingly, in gospel of Luke 22, here you, th- you see that the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And now Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, you will deny me three times before the rooster crow. And Peter reminded by that, seeing Jesus eye to eye, went out and wept bitterly. So that was the result of Peter's self-love, the way of making the way, the truth, and life. But think about Jesus' love. Now, out of his love for the entire world, he gave his own life when his way was being denied, his truth was distorted, and his life was discarded. And what was the result of Jesus' love? We know it well that he made the impossible thing possible. As Matthew 19, 26 says, with man, this salvation is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So here you're, we're coming back to our passage today, the main passage, John 21. And we're going to see these threefold questions. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And I was reading these passages. I, I love it. And I often pray and, and repent and ask God to give me love that I'm lacking. And right now, think about in light of John 14, the way, the truth, and life. It is as if Jesus is asking Peter, do you still deny me? Or do you want to follow me? And he answers, feed my lambs according to my way. Second time, Jesus asks, Peter, do you still love me? Or do you still distort our relationship? Or will you live for 
our relationship full of truth. And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And Jesus is saying, tend my sheep with the life-giving truth. Nothing else but the life-giving truth of mine. Third time, Jesus asked, Peter, do you still discard me? And Peter surely minded his threefold denials as Jesus was asking the same question three times. You may feel like Jesus is a little mean, right? Kind of reminding him the, the weaker spot, the vulnerability. But I think what is happening right now is Jesus is counseling Peter that this traumatic, per se, event that now have Peter have flashbacks and everything, Jesus is confronting by asking the same question three times, restoring Peter fully. And now Peter answers, Lord, you know everything. This everything, guys, not just means his three times of denials, but everything, literally every single thing that Jesus knows, Peter's denial, distortion, discarding, but also him loving Jesus. Now, out of the chain of guilt and shame, Peter now confesses, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And guys, my friends, seven faculty, do you know what these three questions really mean? Think about it. Is it merely some questions? I think, I believe, this is a Jesus' way of saying, I love you. I love you. By asking the same questions three times, our Lord is saying, you know what? I love you regardless of what you have done to me. You have denied me, and you have distorted the relationship with me and discarded me. But you know what? I love you. Your words of denial, distortion of relationship, and discarding me in front of all the others, I choose not to remember that anymore. Why? Because I love you. Now, our Lord Jesus does not stop there. His counseling goes on, his restoration. He goes further by saying, Peter, I know you love me. You have left me for standing far distant from me, but now you're here with me in the seashore of Tiberias. You have eaten a meal together. You're sitting down here. You are not there anymore in the high priest's courtyard. You are here with me sharing the table of Love. And Jesus continues to say, but you know what? There are still countless people out there who do not know me. They deny my way. They distort my truth and discard my life. And you know why they do that, because you've been there, done that, right? And you know how it feels when you stand far away from me, same high priest courtyard, but infinitely distant. You know how that feels, Peter, right? And Jesus says to Peter, this is the reason why I am calling you, Peter. I am calling you, everyone here. Feed my lambs. Tend my sheep. Feed my sheep. Do all these because you love me. And do all these because I love you. Follow my way, proclaim my truth, live my life. Why? Because we love each other. 
So as we are shifting the camera angle from the high priest's courtyard to this Sea of Tiberias, you see a little red line here, the two lines. I did it on purpose. There's something happening when the angle is changed from the high priest's courtyard and to the seashore of Tiberias. Now, by confessing his love for us, Jesus himself is tearing the curtain in two from top to bottom. As Matthew 27, 551 says, And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth was shook, and the rocks were split. Guys, Peter's denial is now torn. Your denial, my denial of Jesus is now torn away. My distortion of the truth is now torn away. My discarding of Jesus many times is now ripped off. It is not there anymore between me and Jesus, you and your Lord Christ. And now we have this infinite distance between Jesus and himself that used to be in the high priest's courtyard. It is now infinitely close. There is no veil anymore. So let me ask you, friends, think about this. You might have something within your heart that makes you hesitant to come to Jesus. What is it? Something hinders you to come to the Lord. Can you identify it? Is it you denying the way, distorting the truth, or discarding the life by seeking your life in your way and according to your truth? Or let me ask it differently. Don't you try to make a way of your life by yourself? Aren't you sometimes distort the truth of God by establishing your own truth, how you understand things, the world, and everything? Or don't we discard the true life, the life everlasting given to us by holding so closely onto the life in the world's picture or how we understand as if your best life now. Here's another question. So many questions, right? What is your qualification as you're spending your time here at Heritage? As a student, as staff and faculty, what is your one or many qualifications? Is it some kind of your academic achievement? How people regard you? How you feel good about yourself, your self-righteousness? One more question, where do you belong? Are you still standing in the high priest's courtyard, kind of similar or kind of close to Jesus, but not really? Or are you sitting down with the charcoal fire in the Sea of Tiberias, eating in the table of your Lord? Think about the high priest's courtyard. Jesus was there, but denied so the bread of life is not taken by Peter, where it was taken in the Lord's Supper. But the restoration picture, John 21, in the seashore of Tiberias, the bread of life is given once again, and now Peter is tasting it. So Jesus, our Lord, called Peter to, who denied him, distorted their relationship, and even discarded him. And, and Jesus calls him, not just calling him, but also commissioning him to be the shepherd of his sheep. Wow. 
Is it true? Is it even possible? He does so by tearing the curtain into two, top to bottom, by loving Peter, giving his own life for him, and by restoring this relationship and reconciling his relationship with him. So friends, let me ask this. If Jesus could love Peter, who denied, distorted, discarded him, will he not love you? Will he not love us? I know that we often deny the way by trying to live our own way, distort the truth by establishing my own truth, discard the life by seeking our own lives. But this is actually where the true life change, true life change happening. Right there in the intersection of us confronting ourselves and us confronting Jesus Christ. The cross is where the righteousness of God and the mercy meets. The intersection, there Jesus restores us and calls us to be gospel ministers by asking three times, do you love me? But saying, I love you regardless of whatever you've done, who you are. I don't care, I love you. So many of us know John Piper famously said, missions exist because worship doesn't, right? Missions exist because worship doesn't. I love it. I agree it. I quote it many times. If I can tweak a little bit, let me say, missions exist because love doesn't. Wherever there's a lack of love of Jesus, that's the mission field, guys. Wherever the way is being denied, the truth is being distorted, and the life is being discarded, there, friends, is the mission field. That actually broadens our understanding of mission field. It can be somewhere overseas, yes, but it can be somewhere in Canada, can be somewhere in Cambridge, or somewhere like your own heart, my own heart. Now let me conclude my message today. Now back to our resume, right, that you all have been written down. And this one common qualification we all share the love of Christ. And also, 1 John 4, 19 says, we love because he first loved us. We all know that God is love, and therefore his way, his truth, his life is love. And now with the same question that he asked to Peter, Jesus is asking us three times, friends, is love your way? Is love your truth? Is love your life? Think about these questions. And if your answer to all these questions is yes, then I think yes, Jesus is calling us. Jesus is calling you all. He's calling you to join his life-giving ministry of shepherding and sharing God's love. You don't have to be pastors, missionaries, or the full-time uh, staff in the church. You will be always living with this identity, beloved, forgotten, the heir of, co-heir of the uh, kingdom of heaven. Wherever you go, whatever you do, your identity will not be changed. And now Jesus is calling us to John 21, the fellowship feast of Sea of Tiberias. And there he cooked for us, waiting for us to join. So let me ask us, friends, do we 
love Jesus. Listen to these words from 1 John 4, 11, 12 as our benediction today. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Let us pray together. Lord, we just learned from the passages, your own word, that love is the one qualification for your kingdom, for your ministry, and for our lives for you. And Lord, we know that even this love or lack of, we're not the source, you are. So fill our hearts with your love, stir our minds and souls, and let us be loving each other. Therefore, we can be the proof of your life, death, and resurrection, not just here in school, but wherever we go, in our work, in our job and ministry, in our families. Lord, use us as the messengers of love. We love you. Thank you for loving us. We pray all these in your son's holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. You're dismissed.